comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. Golly, Sergeant Carver. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> Gomer Pyle USMC. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where. <sighs> I used X to. Gonna give it to you. Gonna give it to you. X. Gonna give it to you. Gonna give it to you. X is going to give it to us. DMX men. <laughs> DMX Machina. <laughs> that would be an amazing movie to watch. <laughs> it's the exact same movie as Ex Machina, but the robot, instead of Alicia Vikander, it's DMX. DMX. <laughs> it's, a, it's in every other way the exact same movie, but every line is delivered by DMX screaming at you. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> I can't do a DMX impression. Uh, but... It's just yelling. That's all you have to do. It's just yelling. <laughs> And then passing out from a drug overdose. I remember that, uh, uh, I remember seeing there was this list a while ago that was floating around the internet. It was uh, a, a selection of, of rappers, um, of different kind of styles and genres, uh, in terms of how verbose they are, how many, how many <laughs> yeah, yeah, unique I, words I saw they that use. One, yeah, yeah and, and at the very, very top, one of my favorites, Aesop Rock, Rock yeah. classic, one of my favorites, and at the very bottom... Was poor rapper DMX. <laughs> He's got like 12 words in most of his songs. Yeah, it was, yeah. And most of them are the N-word. Yeah, it's N-words, F-words, yeah. all the words. Yeah, but you know what? No music gets you more pumped than DMX, though. It, it was a perfect soundtrack to this movie. Over the summer, my workout medley, just DMX. <laughs> and it got me through the day. I like the idea of a DMX medley. <laughs> Okay, it was just like... Here's a medley of my favorites. <laughs> it, was, it was like three songs just played over and over again. What? But anyway. So, guys, welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is always my co-host, Kevin. Yo. <laughs> Today is actually a weekend of movie review of yeah. Deadpool. Mm. Here be spoilers. Here be spoilers. The, the, the movie came out a week ago, as of when you're probably listening to yeah, this. So if you have not caught up with it yet and you do not want to hear any spoilers, we are going to talk about anything and everything with relation to this movie. Yeah. Um, the 2016 movie Deadpool, as opposed to the... Uh, the 1988 <laughs> fifth and final film in the Dirty Harry franchise. The Deadpool. The Deadpool. Three words. <laughs> it's true. That is three words. They cut it down from three words... To one, one word, word, not hyphenated. for this one. Yeah. Yes, no. It's uh, yeah. yeah. He should have gone with that. Would have been a funny little bit where he's maybe it was cut out or something where he was coming up with names uh, from self, and uh, that would have been funny if he was like the enforcer. <laughs> that would have been. A, <laughs> they just keep on going with Dirty Harry. <laughs> yes, references. Right. Just name all the movies. Yeah, Magnum. that's really. I was gonna say yeah. That's yeah, Magnum. That could work too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to start off this podcast like, well, we're going to actually start the podcast off like we start off every podcast. Kevin, what did you know about Deadpool? So, what's interesting is uh, when I was in high school, um, no, junior high, I want to say this was like seventh or eighth grade. <laughs> it was actually before that, unfortunately. I know that doesn't matter. Oh, wait, it's, it's earlier than that? It okay. It is um, earlier than that. Princess, Prince Neil, before you, <laughs> just go ahead. <laughs> That's <now>. probably <laughs> accurate. There you go. <laughs> the spin doctors for the soundtrack to our junior high. Oh, yeah. So when I was in junior high, uh, I had uh, some friends. Oh, our our little shoot, sort of group baby, decided to... Shoop was popular. Yeah. Decided to... Uh, they were getting into comic books and specifically um, comic book trading cards. And I... Yeah. To try to be friends with them, uh, I got some comic book trading cards. And I remember Deadpool, hearing about Deadpool the first time then... And I thought that he was an intriguing-looking character. Mm-hmm. Um, found out that he was, uh, over time, I ended up finding out that he was got something of a beloved sort of a reputation, but he's still kind of, you know, I don't know if under the radar is the right Fringe. word. Fringe. Fringe character, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but there's something sort of novel about that. I didn't know anything about his powers or his origin or his real yeah. name or whether he was even a good guy or a bad guy. Um, but I always liked those characters who seemed like they straddled that line where it was never entirely clear are they actually good guys or bad guys. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Deadpool first appeared in... New Mutant, The New Mutants, uh, 98, cover dated February 1991. Oh. His full name, Wade Winston Wilson. Uh, he was created by Rob Liefeld and Fabium Nicienza uh, during their kind of Marvel heyday. This is now uh, Rob Liefeld. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Um, maybe not necessarily the movie podcast, but I know I've talked about him on the on the, when we were talk- did the early comic book ones. Yeah. Um, draws lots of pouches on his characters, cannot draw feet <laughs> or hands properly. Right. All of, none of his characters are anatomically correct, and they're usually stolen from somewhere else. And Deadpool is no different. Um, Deadpool is actually a ripoff of the character Deathstroke from the Teen Titans. Oh, interesting. Because what's, know, Death, what's yes. Deathstroke's name? Slade Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. He's covered in pouches, too. Yeah. Uh, it's the <laughs> he's At co- which, which we talked about and pouches. He, pouches are for keeping snacks. Yeah, and <laughs> and you keep a and he carries a katana and everything. It's like a a ripoff of that. The character's backstory changes from time to time. He's he's never had like he's one of those Marvel characters that's always just been like, well, this backstory doesn't work because this story only worked in the '90s, so now it's the year 2015. <laughs> we got to change it up. Um, the right. the most common comic book origin of he's a member of weapon x the same program that created wolverine um and a, a way of making super mutant character uh super mutant heroes for or not heroes but super mutant soldiers for the military hmm. um he comes from that same program uh yeah it, it, he's been retconned a lot with that but it's the the basic thing is is that he has he was a character who had cancer when underwent this treatment so that uh it would cure him of his cancer however in giving him these superhuman abilities uh, it just cures the cancer enough, but the cancer always comes back, and that's part of the reason why his skin's all messed up. He looks like, um, as T.J. Miller so appropriately puts it, an avocado who had sex with an older avocado. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Joe, what did you know about <laughs> T- comedian T.J. Miller? I know this is his second appearance in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> what was his first? He was in B- Big Hero 6. He played the character of Fred. Oh, where he walked right. around going, yeah, science! That's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, now, his popularity exploded over the last five years. Probably prior to 2010, not that many people knew about Deadpool. He was one of those characters that would always show up. He was a, He's a very popular cosplaying character. And he's... Uh, but his, he's been around in, like, dozens of series throughout the Marvel history. Um, he, he becomes wackier and wackier in each incarnation that he appears in breaks the fourth wall talks to the audience makes a lot of pop culture references he's as good as the writer is if sure. you have a hack writer trying to write deadpool it's awful yeah. but if you have someone who's clever enough that knows how deadpool works pretty amazing pretty amazing read altogether um he's one of the only characters in the marvel universe that's aware he's in a comic book so that's why he's always he always makes references to the fact that he could do pretty much anything because he's in a comic book. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um he's he just came out as omnisexual, one of the first characters in the Marvel universe who's omnisexual. Mm. Um I'm assuming that means he'd have sex with anything. I guess that's what that means. Yeah, bisexual. Uh, omnisexual seems like that would go above and beyond bisexual. So, I don't know what that includes. Yeah. Um, this is not the forum for us to, to, no, 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 to no, talk no. about that. So, uh, you know, yeah. good for him. Yeah. And as I say, he's he's kind of gotten like super big in the last five years. He has a huge online fan base. I mean, he's he's the Internet's darling character. Yeah. Don't know why. Um, I'm I'm just assuming because he's goofy, wacky and random. And that's what the kids love nowadays with all their Twitters and their vines <laughs> and all that yes. stuff. You're gonna do a superhero landing. Wait for it. Woo! Superhero landing. Yeah, that's really hard on your knees. Totally impractical. They all do it. All right, so the movie Deadpool. Starts mm. off with a bright green screen. <laughs> there was a lot of green screen right in the beginning of that movie. So. No, we, we we kid because we were uh, we we went. Me and Kevin just saw it in the theater, and the movie theater screwed it up. So Regal Cantera, um, yeah. you're an awful awful place to go see the, a movie. The, right. The, After we, we had twenty to sit minutes, of, twenty minutes of trailers, and then right in the middle of the second to last trailer, the entire screen went green. We still had audio. Yeah. And that continued into the the beginning of the movie until they came out and herded us like cattle into the <laughs> RPX Theater, yeah. which is their enhanced digital experience where it's the exact same screen, <laughs> only it's really loud. And you have leather seats so your butt gets really warm. It has leather seats so that every time anybody does anything, you just yeah. hear... <laughs> Which is what the movie, what you should have heard all throughout Deadpool moving in that movie. You should have just heard, like, <laughs> that vinyl squeak as oh, every time he moved his arms. The chafing. Oh, the chafing. God, the chafing in that suit. I don't know. Um, actually, the real movie starts off with a Juice Newton song, <laughs> Angel of the Morning. It's actually a very stylistic shot of um, what looks like in the center of an action sequence, Deadpool's in, a, in an SUV that's being flipped over, and, you know, it's a very clever title sequence where it says, starring... A comic book hero. Yeah, very silly. Very silly. You know, no real actual opening titles. It's uh, 
You know, it's the writer having fun with the opening test, starring mm-hmm. a CG character and a British villain and, right. you know, all that fun stuff. But then we actually get to see our character, Deadpool. He's in a, uh, you know, he, he's in a cab going to... Uh, going to, to his battle. Yeah, going to his battle with the, the, the villain, Francis. Um, <laughs> the villain, Francis. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it starts off very clever. You know, it's, of course, it's a... You have this giant, like... You have Angel of the Morning playing with this, with this over this, uh, the over opening title sequence, and then it c- cuts right to Deadpool in a cab with, uh, you know, a, a typical stereotypical Indian cab driver, and mm-hmm. you know they're having funny conversation throughout the whole thing. Eventually, Deadpool gets out and he jumps into the SUV from that we see in the opening slow title sequence in a big massive battle where we get to see how clever and funny Deadpool is. <laughs> Yeah, we get our first taste of uh, Ryan Reynolds' stand-up, which yeah. is basically what this movie is <laughs> it's for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds' open mic debut. You know, and it, it's it's uh, it, I'm not dismissing it. A lot of it's very funny. <laughs> there, were, I laughed. You did. They tried really hard to make it funny, and it was funny. There yeah. were things that were funny. This yeah. is, I, I, it's, it's fine. <laughs> there were, there was the comedy was was generally funny. It was just, yeah, it was a lot of, a uh, lot of just, uh, just, just. His one-liners, his it's, zingers. It's all about zingers in this all movie. Zingers, which, which is, Who I wants guess, to see a superhero movie when you can see Ryan Reynolds hit out some zingers? <laughs> zingers! Zingers! Um, we, you know, Deadpool, we get to see Deadpool in action. He's uh, hyper uh, uh, reflexes. He's, mm-hmm. he's got his swords. He's got his guns. He's awesome aim. Very clever, well-choreographed action sequence. Um, the CG looked very good. A lot of practical effects going on, which I appreciated. Um, they had to. They had to keep that budget down. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we, um, you know, we we cut back to Deadpool's origin, where we find right very, told told via a couple of flashbacks yeah, by very handsome with very handsome Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That's right. All stubbly. He's all stubbly. Yeah. It's like wearing his B. Arthur shirt. That's that's like the that's the stuff that got me as like oh this is just trying to be too funny like wearing like a B Arthur shirt yeah. it's like kind of a B Arthur tank top more than right. you know more than like that's that's like the stuff that kind of grated on me it's like ah. it was uh, when we when we did the uh, the 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 2016 movie preview yeah um, we talked about this one first obviously because it was the first one that was coming up and I remember. Um, Pat talked about, hi Pat, talked about the, when you work up to an R. Yeah. And this movie did that, definitely. You think there it, was you th- a lot yeah. of, I mean. I was going to talk about that a little not, bit later. Yeah. yeah, not with regard as much to the violence, but definitely with the dialogue and the, yeah. the writing in general. And there was a lot of that where it was like, I don't need to drop f bombs but i'm going to because we can and we're not limited yeah. to them and so we're going to just and there was none a, of it sounded like natural speech yeah and we'll we'll go into that i think a little bit after uh the recap section but and i yeah. do i do definitely think that that's kind of something i really wanted to talk about with the movie um yeah you get this whole thing where where Wade Wilson is a mercenary for hire. Ex special forces. Yeah. Which is the go to doesn't mean much. Yeah. It's just if you need your character to have an excuse for why he's super ripped yeah. and can kill people, 
Uh, oh, you just call them ex-special forces. That's and it. Ryan Reynolds is super ripped in this movie. He's chiseled. He's, he's dreamy. He's a chiseled There's man. There's a lot of Ryan Reynolds butt in this movie. A lot of it. Delicious, delicious beefcake. <laughs> it is all well sculpted. Yes. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, and you, you get on his first job where he, uh, well, the first job that you see him on where he's stopping a stalker from stalking this teenage girl. Um, a little too cutesy, a little too like, oh, this guy's a hero. He's a hero with a heart of gold. You know, he's a well, he's a mercenary with a heart of gold right. type thing. Um, poops in a cat box, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that line a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then we, you know, of course, he goes to the local bar, the bar where all the mercenaries hang out and they take contracts. And there's mm-hmm. a uh, he starts a fight because he wants to get one of the mercenaries killed because he had placed a bet on him in the Dead the pool. Deadpool. Yes. Yeah. That's the title of the movie. It's going to be where he gets his name from later. Yeah. And that's where he runs into the love of his life, um, Inara from Firefly. <laughs> Inara from Firefly. The, the, the Vanessa villain, is her name, the, right? The alien, the, the lizard alien villain from, from the V reboot. Yeah. The V boot. Wasn't she on Homeland, too? I think she got Nate in Homeland. I, uh,. I have not seen Homeland. Oh, well. I ain't got Showtime. (laughs) So. Ain't got Showtime. I ain't got Showtime. I know Claire Danes is in that show. Yeah. She cries a lot. I only get so many channels. Yeah. I I actually, that's one of the things my wife really watches, likes watching Homeland. I can't stand it. I watch a couple episodes. I'm like, all Claire Danes does is cry in this show. And then she would come in and I would come upstairs and be like, is Claire Danes crying yet? And she'd be like, she just started. (laughs) (laughs) She just started crying. Every time. Um, but yes, so uh, he meets up with her name is Vanessa, right? Monica, yes. M- Monica Picard's character's mm-hmm. name is Vanessa. Um, she's a prostitute. She's you know, also, I guess, with a heart of gold. Pros- everyone's got a heart of gold in this movie. Yeah, even the villain's got a heart of gold. No, well, does he? Is that his power? Is I that- probably maybe. <laughs> I've got a golden heart, <laughs> and it makes me invincible, but not very nice. Uh, where it shows their their courtship, so to speak. You get a lot of. Uh, a lot, lot of sex. A lot of sex. A lot of funny <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the Lent bit was the best part yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, so just that reading. Was... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they have they have the they have a lot of sex and then it turns out that uh Wade has cancer. Yeah. And it's a big bummer in the movie that he's got cancer and he's got to um you know, that's that's where it all pretty much goes downhill from mm-hmm. Cut back to the uh highway sequence where yeah. where they're fighting and He's trying to find Francis. And Francis is, of course, the last one. He starts to get away on a motorcycle. Yeah. And and then, as just as he's about to get his revenge on Francis, which we don't know why he's getting his revenge on Francis. Uh, well, he says earlier, he's the guy that made him all scarred up. You see, yeah. you know, he, he's got really... He lifts all, up his mask, yeah. and he's all wrinkly he's and pruney. He's all Freddy Kruegerish. He spent too long in the bathtub. Still handsomer than me, but... <laughs> He's, it's the eyes. It's it really is. Also, fortunately, it had no uh, effect on his teeth. Yeah, and it's never you know nobody ever you know they could be bleeding from the mouth yeah. and you could punch him hard in the face as you want and they still have all the teeth perfectly. Yeah, right there they never lose their teeth. It's amazing. Um, I I'm a firm believer that all comic book movies play, take place in an alternate universe where people can take extreme amounts of punishment and still be okay. That's sure. the only way I could justify it in my head. Like, we saw the trailer for Batman v Superman, and you see Batman jump into this house, and, like, I think he, like, does the razor's edge on a guy, and it, <laughs> literally the guy probably is fine, and that's just because of the universe it takes place in. Yeah. 
but it's just as, as Deadpool's about to get his revenge on Francis, uh, Colossus of the X-Men shows up <laughs> in one of the best iterations of an X-Men I've ever seen in a movie. There was, yeah, so we see, at one point we cut to uh, the mansion, the X-Mansion, whatever yes. it's called, the X-Mansion. The X-Machina. Uh <laughs> And Colossus is sitting there, he's eating cereal, he's, he's eating his, he's and he his, realizes, he's damn his... it, it's Deadpool, they're on the news, they're talking about Deadpool, I gotta go get him, because for some reason it's his job, he's yeah. been tasked, I guess, with trying to get Deadpool to join the, the X-Men. X-Men. He's sitting there eating his Stalinos, enjoying them, <laughs> and he brings along his little trainee, ne- what's, what's Negasonic, Teenage, Negasonic Warhead. Teenage Warhead, which I believe is a song title. That is a short cited name because you can really only be teenage warhead you know yeah for seven years or so yeah really i mean once she hits 20 it's gonna be what negasonic 20 something warhead (laughs) that does not have the same ring negasonic uh um mid midlife crisis warhead negasonic teenage warhead (laughs) negasonic teenage warhead um that's a, I'd heard of that character before, probably from the internet being obsessive about Deadpool, that she's a part of that universe or something. I don't... Um, she's it's, no Squirrel Girl, but... <laughs> you love Squirrel Girl. Um, <laughs> I just ne- like things that rhyme. Negasonic Teenage Warhead was actually named after a um, song by, surfers? by Monster Magnet. Oh, yes. From their album Dopes to Infinity. From 1995. I remember Monster Magnet. <laughs> I do, too. They were named after an 80s toy <laughs> called the Monster Magnets. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of funny because Negasonic Teenage Warhead was actually based off a Grant Morrison character, and she's the first character in the X-Men movie universe to actually uh, come from the Grant Morrison run of X-Men, which is weird and trippy. Grant Morrison is one of those writers who's amazing, but, like... I would say 75% of his stuff is really good, but 25% of it is just nonsense garbage to read. Mm. Like, he's working something out spiritually or emotionally. Sure. But his run on X-Men is actually pretty good. It's one of the last great X-Men runs. Like, right next to Whedon's uh, X-Men run. But, yeah. Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who comes along. She's... Stereotypical teenager, you know. She's got black lipstick. Got black lipstick, shaved head. Yeah. Tweeting. Tweeting, doing all of her tweeting her vines, tweeting her vines, <laughs> and of course, uh, Colossus is is character very famous. Uh, Has classic he been X-Men. in the movies yet? At this point, I don't really yes, recognize he has. him. Um, Colossus was actually in X Men Three, X Men United. Uh, um, that's I, the one I saw on a plane. Yeah, X Men United, which I believe is a football team, <laughs> uh, football or club, right? Out of uh, Liverpool, maybe X Men United FC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but this is the one. But he's always been the problem with the, with the Fox movies. And we'll probably get into this a little bit later. Is they're always none of the characters are anything like the comics. This is the first time ever where characters really appear in the movies that are just like the comic. Colossus is the comic book Colossus. I am am, Colossus. I am Russian. I talk like this. I'm a big guy. I'm made of metal. This is what I do. (laughs) And he's lecturing Deadpool about, you know, being a hero. He should use his powers for good. And as he's getting the lecture for it, uh, Francis escapes. Right. 
And uh, he's very angry. He's a very huge tantrum. He does. He throws a tantrum and he's beating, trying to hit Colossus and he breaks him, his arm, breaks his hand, <laughs> hits him again, breaks his other hand, yeah. kicks him, breaks his foot. And then he, uh, as, as Colossus handcuffs him and is taking him away, he cuts off his hand and jumps into a dump truck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, Colossus looks at the hand and it's given him the finger. Right. That's the movie we got here. Yeah, that's the movie you asked for, Internet. And that's what they delivered to you for some reason. The only re- way the Internet could love this movie anymore is if Bernie Sanders directed it. <laughs> Burn pool. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and he's got the. You know, of course, it's a. It's a. It's a great sight gag. It's a good joke. It's, yes, it's very well. Tim Miller did probably the best possible job he could have done with this movie. Whoever he is, he actually. Uh, this is, I think, his first feature. Yeah, it's his... but he's like he's an older guy. He's been around for a while. Doesn't a lot of commercial work. Um, the one thing that a lot of geek people might know him from is he directed a commercial for Batman: Arkham Origins, um, the video game. Where basically you see it, it's a shot of of young Bruce Wayne as his parents are being murdered after right after his parents are murdered, and it's kind of like it's going back and it's playing the music, the Batman like yeah, da, 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 I don't know if that's the actual music, but that's just Batman music. Yeah. Um, but as, as it's 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 panning out and you see like all this crap going on around him. First his parents are dead, then the police are around him, then he's at like the schoolyard being bullied. He's at the mm. funeral, you know. He's at you know whatever. Then he's being attacked by ninjas, you know. It's and then it goes back and back and <laughs> right. back. And right. then the finally, linear progression. Yeah, and then finally it's it's him as Batman fighting off all these yeah. villains. It goes back. It's a really well done commercial, and uh, it's worth checking out. But yeah, he's he. This is his first feature, but he does have some geek credit to his name. All right. Yeah. So uh, we get our. Um, but before actually he goes off with classes, we get our second flashback where um, he goes and gets the treatment for the. Uh, right. He uh, gets approached by a spooky. <laughs> Guy in a suit who says a character we can... actor who I can't re- who I don't reckon I, I don't remember where he's from but I know yeah. him I've seen him before in things he uh, he uh, yeah he says we'll we'll give you the we'll give you powers we'll make you great we'll make you a superhero is specific, specifically what he says and he says uh, no thank you he says I'll uh, I'll pass I'll call you when I hit bottom. And he immediately hits bottom, like, yeah. in the next scene. Which I think is the weakest segment out of all of it, is, like, the the one where he, he's coming to grips with the fact that he has to leave Vanessa, um, you know, that his body's dying on him. It wasn't expressed. He never really looked or acted any difference. That, to, to that point, I mean, there's, there's sort of a built-in poignancy to that where you can very easily show that i mean he right before he's diagnosed we see him pass out and it's comical um but we never see him start to get sick yeah um, well you, right? you see him you see him get like gaunt and you see like the bags run under the eyes like he's getting some it was never quite i think it's not you really that 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 desperation that he's supposed to feel is never terribly felt well not the, a huge flaw in the movie but i i think that might have been maybe to yeah. just keep it moving yeah i mean it, it does slow that sequence slows down the movie a lot see and i'm saying it, it, it we might as well if we were going to slow it down let's let's you know let's make it count i yeah. guess let's... no no you're right you're right make it count and it, it's um you know he's I, I don't think it's necessarily that he was desperate and that he was feeling the effects of the cancer. I think it was more he was feeling more of the heartache with Vanessa. And that's why he went for the treatment is because, yeah. 
he was doing it for her rather than for himself. Right. I think that was the point that was being the the agent's Mike Reese and he's one of the aliens from Galaxy Quest. That's why I know him. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah. I can totally see it now. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um and then then we go and he cuts the hand off, falls into the dump truck. Um, and then when he falls in the jump truck, we get our third and final sequence where he actually goes through with the treatment where we meet our big bad guy who goes by the name of Ajax, a.k.a. Francis. Francis. Great. Uh, yeah. And we get to meet his... <laughs> Is Ajax your real name? Because it sounds a little made up. <laughs> <laughs> um, where he's actually... Uh, he's got- he also meets the, 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 the villain... Mall. Sidekick, what's her name? Uh, Gina Carino, Correo. No, no, no. Oh. The, what was Angel her? Dust. Angel Dust. I thought he called her Angel, and I was like, I don't know if he does that ca- was... He does call her Angel. But it's Angel Dust is the character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She has super strength as well. Yeah. Um, done by uh, Gina Carano. Uh, I believe she's an MMA fighter. Ah. Uh, or something like that. that she makes was, sense. She was actually in the movie Haywire, which was directed by Soderbergh. Oh. The only reason I know that is because there was kind of a controversy in the fact that they had to redub all of her dialogue <laughs> because her voice wasn't right for the actual part. Huh. I remember that. I, it wasn't a bad movie. It was actually a pretty decent action movie. Soderbergh can do action. Sure. Um, they, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he's they they pump him. They pump Wade full of a mutagen, trying to activate his mutant powers. Right. Um, finally, and they do that by torturing them, and there's a bunch of these guys in this filthy, weird warehouse. Yeah, and uh, you know they're able to get something. I, they're able to finally get it by putting him in a uh, this oxygen, oxygen deprivation, deprivation thing. Yeah. yeah, and it causes his skin to get all Freddy Kruegerish. Mm-hmm. He gets his powers, um, and he blows up the facility. <laughs> he escapes, blows it up, kills everyone. Gets naked, kills everyone. Gets naked, kills. <laughs> He's naked so much in this we movie. We see his ass a lot. Yeah, I'm okay with him it. and his stunt man's ass. There's a lot of there's some stunt ass. You know what? I don't think it was. I don't think it's stunt butt because uh, if I had a butt, probably like Ryan Reynolds did, I would show it off all sure. the time. I don't have a butt like his, no. and I show it off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> showing it right now. You it. folks can't see this, but it's, it's upsetting. Pantless. Pantless. Uh, comic book Pantless. <laughs> Starring Joe. Uh, and there we get to see that he's made a, a change in his life. He's now living with an old blind lady mm-hmm. named, named Blind Ed. Blind Al. Sorry, Blind Al. <laughs> Putting together Ikea furniture. Yeah, putting together Ikea furniture. He's growing his little baby hand back. <laughs> that was a funny sequence <laughs> with the tiny baby hand. With a tiny baby hand. Um, and then we were finally shown that he is, uh, you know, trying to get his revenge on Francis. He's tracking down all the... Right. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. I mean... It's a very thin on plot. Right. Yeah. We get the, the, the backstory that gets us something else, but really... In the sort of the present, all we have is he goes and fights them on the highway, mm-hmm. and then he, he goes and hangs out with T.J. Miller for a minute, uh, and gets all the guns from his apartment, which he then leaves in the cab, and then he... <laughs> Pinder comes back. Yes, we get to see him again, and then he, uh, he and the two X-Men uh, yeah. go and fight. The bad guys, because the bad guys figure out that, well, they don't figure no, out he that tells, he's Wade Wilson. Yeah, he, he tells, tells him, he says, yeah. hey, I'm Wade Wilson, because he thinks he's about to kill him, but he doesn't. Yeah. And then well, they... Well, to, he's actually trying to get Ajax <laughs> to cure him. 
or at least right because right skin. when yeah. they were fighting when the place is burning down he says you know you can't kill me i'm the only one who can fix you yeah but that was a lie it was a lie there is no curing him he's gonna look like that forever yeah um actually they kidnap vanessa they 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 go they track down they find that wilson uh he's he's in love with this vanessa they kidnap vanessa mm-hmm. then then that's when tj miller's like oh we have a problem by we i mean you mm-hmm. uh uh, Wade goes and gets the Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead to help him out. They take the, they take a cab to um, a helicarrier shipyard. Um, I think that was a very clever thing. I don't think a lot of people caught that reference that there that that was a, a shield helicarrier that they're building over there. Um, and they have a big fight out there with the hired goons. The hired goons, yes, mm-hmm. including Bob, who's actually a character from the comic. Oh, is he? Yeah, Bob is a uh, an agent of Hydra oh. in the comics. Who, uh, who, who is like Deadpool sidekick? Nice. He's just like he's like a henchman. Maybe he'll show up in the. In the I'm hoping the that he will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, we get to have the big fight scene where Angel Dust fights Colossus, uh, and and Deadpool gets his his fight with with Ajax finally with Francis finally. Yeah. Uh, defeats Francis. Uh, you know, he's about to shoot him in the head. Colossus is like, no, wait, we, you know. Yeah, gives him, we have that moment where it's supposed to be like. Four or five yeah. times. <laughs> you will be given the choice to, and then in the middle of his speech, of course, he blows head Francis' off. head off. Uh, <laughs> and cl- no compromises no. for this movie, which, you know, you got to appreciate that, I guess. Yes, and then finally, uh, at the at the very at, then everyone's happy. Vanessa takes him back, of course. Mm-hmm. And Wham plays. Wham plays, and then uh, and then the, the movie ends. And yeah. then there's a stinger on the end where Ferris Bueller, <laughs> Deadpool comes Deadpool in. Deadpool does. I love the fact that he's Ferris dressed Bueller. in the full Deadpool outfit with the bathrobe on. <laughs> with the bathrobe, right? It's not just like him without the ba- without the mat. Right. No, it's the full Deadpool outfit with the bathrobe and does the Ferris Bueller thing of you know get out. Go, movie's over. Yeah. I think that was about our quickest recap that we've ever done on this. Well, there's not a, a lot, lot that happens no, in that movie. Um, other than, yeah, Ryan Reynolds' stand-up debut. That's pretty much it. And you get to see his butt. You get to see his butt. You get to briefly see Marina Bacaran's boobs. Yeah, I don't even think briefly. you really get to see it. I looked. I, I, this is yeah. my second time seeing <laughs> you it. Did, you saw it twice. Because you, 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 you'd yeah. notice. I would notice. All right, so just some production notes on this one. Um, so... This is not the first appearance of Deadpool in the Fox no, Marvel Mutant Universe. But it may as well be. Yeah. He actually first appeared as Ryan Reynolds. This is Ryan Reynolds' uh, fourth comic book character movie that he's ever done. This is the first one to actually be a financial success. Though Wolverine Origins did make some money. It wasn't a ton of money. But he actually played uh, Deadpool in Wolverine X-Men Origins. I believe that movie was 2010? Mm, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, and and in that character, he was basically the same character. He was a mercenary. He was kind of like the Jacksonville days that they talked about in the movie. Uh, however, 
when they finally activated his powers, he grew katanas out of his arms and they sewed his mouth shut. So he really couldn't do anything or say any. He couldn't say anything. The merc with a mouth whose mouth is shown, sewn shut. Yeesh. Which they make a, a little passing reference to. Uh, Francis says at some point, uh, he says, don't make me Just sew, sew your, your mouth, mouth shut. shut. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, you that wouldn't end up well for either of us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's actually, they make another reference to, of course, his ill-fated attempt at Green Lantern. Yeah, they say, don't make the suit green or animated. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was his other one? What am I missing? You said uh, fourth. He was. It's his fourth. He was also in R.I.P.D. with Jeff Bridges, which is also based off a comic book. Oh. And he played uh, Hannibal in Blade 3. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He was one of the Night Stalkers. Hung out with Chris Christopherson. He's... Who probably hung out with Juice Newton. Uh, <laughs> Juice Newton. <laughs> it all comes together. And they make a Blade 2 reference. Yeah, they do movie. make a Blade 2 reference. I mean, he wasn't in Blade 2, but I, no. I got it. It was good. Um, yeah, so the Ryan Reynolds basically said he took the character because he liked the comic book. He liked the comic book character. He wanted it to be like the comic book. Of course, it was nothing like the comic book. Um, he tried for a while. They wanted to do a Deadpool spinoff movie. It was stalled. It was in, in, in movie purgatory for a long time. They did an FX reel. Let's see if I could pull up the... Uh, I can't find the actual company that did it. But they did a um, a VFX reel for that a completely computer-generated one. It was very much like the opening sequence of him jumping off the bridge. Um, I think Shoop was playing probably or something like that. Or let's talk about sex. Some, I think I remember yeah. seeing footage of this It's uh, somewhere. Yeah. And it was uh, voiced by Ryan Reynolds. It got leaked, and I put leaked with quotation marks, because I never believe anything is truly leaked onto the internet. Nothing gets leaked onto, like, Facebook or Reddit. Things like that don't happen. Like, if something gets leaked, it's going to be on, like, 4chan or, you know, um, I don't know, it's going to show up on Pirate Bay. Right. And then the, that's what's going to spread it like fire. No, this, this was, like, leaked with quotation marks. It blew up, and it gave uh, Fox the, like, all right, let's green light this. Um, they gave it a budget of about fifty-eight, uh, about sixty million dollars. Uh, opened it up, and right before filming started, they cut the budget by ten million right there off, mm-hmm. the, off the bat, which caused some script problems. They were able to get it off. There was a lot of uh, the marketing for it was is pretty much the big story of this movie because this movie is marketed hard, right? Um, and in very clever ways too. Uh, I believe that on they very did, internet savvy. Yeah, they they had Ryan Reynolds come on, and he's like. Uh, I'm just wanting to make the announcement the movie's going to be PG-13, and then, like, like an hour later he came out and was like, nah, I'm just messing with you guys, it's going to be rated R. And then yeah. everyone's like, yay! Um, he's going to get to say curse words. He's going to say curse words. Yay! <laughs> I can't say them at home, but I can listen to them on the big screen. <laughs> um, yeah, and they did a lot of, they, they, you know, did a lot of fun stuff. It opened on Valent. The... So every time Fox would do something that was going to tank this movie, like, they gave it a February open date. February is the ass end of the movie release schedule. And so they said, well, uh, the producer said, screw it, we're going to make this a Valentine's Day movie. And they marketed it as a romantic comedy. Right. Um, they would Played do, with it a bit. Yeah. Every time they would do something, they would play with it and use that to their advantage. And they did a very good job of it because the movie opened gangbusters. Yeah, I believe uh, it broke uh, that this holiday weekend okay. uh, records, correct? Um. So... Highest grossing R-rated comic book superhero film. At all. Is, is the only? No. No, no, because you got Blade, I guess. Punisher Warzone was also R-rated. <laughs> um, highest grossing R-rated costume superhero comic book film. We already said that. 
Uh, although uh, R-rated also was Wanted was the one who was a previous record holder. Oh. Superhero comic book film beat Watchmen. R-rated. Uh, uh, R-rated IMAX. Uh, February opening day. February opening weekend. R-rated opening weekend. Um. R-rated comic adaptation opening weekend, 20th Century Fox opening weekend, uh, winter season opening weekend, uh, long holiday long weekend opening, uh, directorial debut opening weekend, and R-rated PLF opening weekend. I don't know what PLF know stands what for, PLF. but those were all the records that it broke. Jesus, and it only made like 135 million, so it's not really that great of a of an opening. But you got to figure on a 50 million dollar budget. They're, they've, sure, they've done pretty well on it. Uh. Yeah, so that that's like the big story of this movie, um, and also I think the other big story is this is also T.J. Miller's second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's clearly one of Kevin's favorite comedians, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. <laughs> T.J. Miller, whose stand up is not very good, but he's a funny guy. <laughs> Wait. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy's got the right idea. He wore the brown pants. All right, so let's talk about this movie, Deadpool. There's a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> um, and that's why I kind of wanted to get through the, the actual recap pretty quickly, because this is an interesting movie, to say the least. There's a lot to play with here, and they played with a lot. 14-year-old me would have loved this movie. <laughs> Would have had a lot of fun watching this movie. Well, I, I think I think what what speaks to a lot of people is it's very meta. It's very self referential. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's something to say about younger generations now. People who've grown up like when was the first Marvel movie? Two thousand eight was Iron Man. So we're getting close to ten years of solid Marvel movies. Um, X Men first debuted in two thousand. Right, you yeah. know we're I mean, fifteen years. We're of this. used to right. We we've been seeing superheroes on the big screen pretty consistently since then. Probably, I mean, the nineties as we've seen a little bit is kind of not a, a wash, but I mean, there's not a lot going on. There was no. sort of that almost in the late 80s, early 90s, but then it kind of fizzles out until the X-Men kind of came and took off. Yeah, so. X-Men came out in 2000. I mean, in the 90s, you just had Batman. That was about mm-hmm. it. And Blade. <laughs> <laughs> Batman and Blade. Yeah. Um, here's the problem with this movie for me. Um, there's so much joking around and reference to the cliches of comic book movies right there's yeah. so much sort of playing off of that that mm-hmm. the opening titles of how there's opening credits rather how there's going to be a british villain and a comic sidekick and a douchebag and all yeah, of gratuitous that stuff. cameo right there's going to be this whole thing uh, where we're going to kind of play with that and we're going to make reference to it this is a very formulaic straightforward boilerplate movie you are correct. it hits every beat and it and it goes, look, we're hitting that beat now. <laughs> and that's not enough, I don't think. I mean... You, th- you wish it pushed it further with the... The only thing that I the think... The self-reference. Right. The only things that were... There were certain things that it did that t- played... It played within the formula a little bit. Like, there's the whole... 
gear up where they're shoving all the guns in the hell you know the hello kitty duffel bag or whatever it was i don't know if it was hell it was a girly funny you know that was the joke and but then he leaves them in the cab ah so we can't do that so we have to solve it with punching like the marvel way uh and swords there was a lot of swords yeah um Wait, Kevin. Kevin, she's going to do the superhero landing. She's going to do the superhero <laughs> landing. That's the part I heard you laugh out loud. Right, yeah. exactly. I did laugh at that. I chuckled at that because that was something that we would say while watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This, this is one of those movies where we really couldn't like make our snide comments to each other because they made the snide it comments was too for busy, us. Right, yeah. It was too busy making its own snide comments, which was fine. And I, and, and I think that that works for the most part, but... That's what's so disappointing is for a movie to be so uh, aware of the formula and then just fall into that pattern, just fall into that formula to the letter where it's going to go and then they're going to kidnap the girl and he's going to go and then the other guys go and, you know, then he's going to fight all the henchmen and then they punch each other on the bit. Like it was just very predictable after a certain point. And that was disappointing because the movie seemed to be so aware of like how yeah. funny that is and how predictable these movies are. Yeah, I think uh, I so I, I will kind of agree with you um, in a lot of that it is very formulaic. I think one of the bright things about this movie was when he is dared and when he is Deadpool, when he's Daredevil, when he is <laughs> Deadpool, when he has the costume on like that opening sequence or when he's, you know, fighting with Colossus, you know, like having his tantrum with Colossus or you know, hanging out with, with Blind Al, you know, that part, those parts are hysterical. They're funny. It's fun to watch that. It's fun to watch this guy who's pretty degenerate, who's just out of his mind crazy. Um, however, those flashback sequences where you're getting his origin are so boring. <laughs> it's like, how are you going to, like, if, how are you going to give me this incredible opening this f- this fun this guy who's who's silly he's goofy he's having a lot of jokes and then just give us no jokes for fifteen minutes solid. I mean it's no. it's uh, maybe the 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 first I sequence mean, the first one was okay yeah like oh they're you know it's like you know what do we I'll give you forty eight minutes okay what do we so what do you want to go do and then they go play skee ball that's right. you know that was that was there fun was... and there was there was some heart to that but man does it drag. It, that part dragged that movie down for me. I remember because I, I had to go to the bathroom, and I was just like, "I'll just wait for the third flashback because I'm just—I <laughs> I know it's already." I remember be, the flashback. Yeah, I remember the flashback. It's boring, um, but I do like the fact that they can have the beats and they, but they can—they uh, make it fun at least. Like you, you just want to see what he's going to do. That's what that you're not watching that because you're gonna oh, what's this clever plot point going to be? It's like no, you want to see Daredevil be silly and goofy yeah. and say dumb things that's what saves the movie completely is re- uh, this is odd to say but it's reynolds <laughs> yeah and it's and it's His you delivery. can tell yeah. that reynolds is having so much fun mm-hmm. and i like that he has fun and i like watching him have fun and i can have fun with him and i i've never had anything <laughs> bad to say about ryan reynolds i think ryan reynolds is fine yeah it's it's you know not always his fault that he has been in some stinkers <laughs> it's it's not his fault uh always exclusively yeah but yeah there there was just a little <laughs> he was in van wilder the burt kreischer story <laughs> i i thought the original wanted had its moments 
Or not wanted. No, no, no. Uh, not wanted. Waiting? Uh, waiting. That's yes. what I meant. I was thinking of the... Right. Yeah. Not wanted. I knew what you were talking about. He wasn't in wanted. No. <gasps> Speaking of which, the, the McAvoy or Stewart joke made that, me yeah, laugh out loud. I saw... Yeah, you... you that you. made me laugh. That was funny. <laughs> These timelines always... <laughs> Can be you, so confused. You've had that same thing. Well, because I, I, I think that might be the first moment that he. It, it may or may not be, but it was one of the big moments one, that I realized that he's. To what you were saying about how the character is aware he's in a comic book. Yeah, this is where this character is aware he's in a comic book movie. Yeah, which is. That's not. That's sort of the novelty. I yeah. think that's where it it works, and that's where it's fun to watch, because we're very aware we're watching a movie, of course. Yeah. And sometimes that's good, not very good, but but sometimes if you're going to be so meta, it's like okay, well that's fun, and that's the experience that we're kind of going for here. Yeah, I mean, and I like that. I think that I think it's a it's re- very refreshing. It's not something I want to see all the time. No, oh, no. I, you know, like every once in a while, though, when a, a movie comes along where you're like, where the where you have something like that, where there are, it's almost like a parody of a yeah. movie. This was definitely not a parody of the superhero movies. No, but it's like that sort of feel to it. That it's it's kind of refreshing. Like there was only one time that I was kind of weirded out by it. It was when T.J. Miller said you should go talk to that guy. It might further the plot. And I'm like, well, he's not the one who's supposed to be yeah, aware. That was, Reynolds should have said that. Yeah. It was a little too. You're right. Yeah, that was a jarring. That was just a weird moment. I I, I just I keep coming back to the idea that like T.J. Miller's so... character's name is Weasel, by the way. Oh. I know we just keep calling him T.J. Miller. Yeah, I don't even know that they ever said it. I'm sure they did. They, but I yeah. ignored it. Um, I just keep coming back to this idea that the movie is so has so much fun with that and is so self aware and is going to make those references to never go fully in that direction and really play yeah. with the fact that it's a movie. Yeah. Other than him making reference to Ryan Reynolds as an actor, <laughs> he does, or you know, the McAvoy or Stewart joke or the superhero jump thing like the super, other uh, than the Hugh Jackman mask <laughs> right other than ev- other than those moments like it never plays with that idea Damn. of like and there's even a moment where there's the little sort of cartoon Definitely. animals that show up when he, he sees her again he's got, and he's stabbed in the head <laughs> right and he's in Chicago is playing yeah. and he's and he's having this this moment which is funny you keep wanting there to be this like weird like like Robert Smigel esque like where they rip away the screen you know and yeah. like something ha- like you want it to just go like and completely blow your mind like you want something like that yeah. to happen where he can do something and play with the medium no I know yeah and take control of it in that weird way but it just it never does that it's I, it's it's so crazy, but at the same time, it's 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 not crazy enough. Yeah, I not not defending that, so to speak, but you got to. F- I feel like there were some limitations that they had to put on it. This is a studio movie. It is, you know, it is backed by Fox. They they. I bet you there were restrictions. Like you, they couldn't take it as far as they wanted to take it. Yeah, um, and that's too bad. I, w- I have a feeling that since they've already announced that there is a sequel to this movie, of course there was going to be a sequel. This movie has right. broken all these box office records, whatever. Um, 
the sequel, I have a feeling like the two, there's two directions they can go with it. One direction, they could be, the success of this movie has to deal with it making, you know, all of the swearing, all of the, the, the body, the R rating. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the success of this movie. For the sequel, we'll ramp it up for that. The other direction is is that the success of this movie has to do with that it's meta and it's self-referential and he's goofy and silly. Let's push that direction. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I, the studio is either going to take one of those two directions. Um, I think if Reynolds stays with it and Tim Miller stays with it, I have a feeling it's going to go in the direction we want it to go. Yeah, that more self-referential, the more meta, as opposed to the swearing and the the goofy R rating and the the R rating to it. But if the studio takes more control of it, which Fox is known to do, they may push in that direction. They may want to uh, bring him further into that sort of established X-Men universe. Yeah. And start bogging the movie down with, you know, continuity, reference, continuity, yeah. reference to other movies, all that kind of stuff. and cameos and bringing all of that in yeah i and like that's the that's the the sad thing is is that i I was just i was telling you i was just reading an article that says that fox is so excited by how it's done that they kind of want to make more r-rated superhero movies like that Mm. but once again why is it successful that's the question i think and that's what i should pose to you at this part is like why did it do gangbusters why did it do so well why are people going to see it why is there repeat viewings of this because it's uh, everything that the fans uh, on the internet, you know, really <laughs> wanted to see. It's got the swearing. It's got the uh, the blood. It's got swearing in the blood, and it's and it's funny. Yeah, and it's, it's got funny full, full frontal nudity. It's likable. Um, yes, it's got boobs in it. Everybody yeah, no, likes that. Full frontal nudity. It's got there, a lot yeah. of yeah. Um, it's it it it's. It's it got panders. The D- it's got it the panders. DMX. Yeah, it panders uh, heavily yeah. to yes to uh, uh, an adolescent mentality yeah. that you know there's there's everything in there for them to like. The only thing that's missing is Bernie Sanders. Is it's Bernie Sanders? No, is 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 a scene where they all smoke weed. <laughs> And that's very true. There is none of that the there. Yeah. Only thing, and they even got T.J. Miller, and I thought for sure there was going to be something where he was going to be like, "Hold on, let me do a hit of this," and then he would, you know, yeah. smoke this enormous. They talk a lot about doing cocaine, though, which I appreciate. <laughs> they do make cocaine. I'm glad references. they brought back an '80s drug, at least for my sake, as <laughs> right. an as an old timer. Right? Yeah, it's, it's all these kids with their fancy Molly and everything else. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was everything that was promised, which is good yeah um for the movie it it did what it set out to do i just i was never terribly we, we talked about this yeah, during the were, preview i was very yeah. apprehensive about it because i'm very apprehensive about anything that the internet loves that much <laughs> you know what i mean like i can't i like i always uh like i like what bernie sanders is You're, about we're waiting for the other shoe to drop where bernie sanders is just like what we need to do is all worship satan i'm waiting for honestly he's gonna no that i'd be fine with that yeah. i would think that was funny no i'm waiting for him to I, i'm waiting for him you're you waiting know, for him to he's drop gonna have the, like a jared fogel moment you're waiting for him happen. to drop the n-word is what you're doing. <laughs> that's what you're waiting for yes yeah and it's gonna be like no <laughs> i know the it. house of cards is i falling. knew it yeah. No, I can't. I just I can't because I'm always just like, ah, oh, the internet loves you too much, and the yeah. internet is full of dum dums. All right, so so we talked about we talked about a lot of the meta over, but like, d- 
directing wise, action wise, was that good? Was the acting good in this? Um, it was fine. It, it, it was funny. Uh, you know, it was it was very um, over the top in a lot of ways. Reynolds had a, a certain swagger that he was kind of doing that was very sort of cartoonish, but it was good. His timing was good. Um, direction was was good. I think they worked pretty well with their limitations. I mean, for you know, you talked about them slashing the budget. I mean, for them to keep. For them to 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 justify this R rating, you know, they had to keep that budget down because they had no idea how much this movie was going to make. They historically yeah. R movies, R rated movies, don't make a lot of money because the teenagers don't go see them unless you were the unless dumb you- kids who snuck in behind us and kept kicking my damn seat. They didn't uh, sneak in. They were with the. So they're okay. So we were we went soft. <laughs> we had the worst movie going experience of all time after um, we got moved to the. Are the, the working functional theater. theater. There was a dad sitting behind us who brought in three seven-year-olds. Like they, those they kids were, were way not too young. old. They were way too young. Especially like I think I even heard him say something when uh, Monica Picard was nude in the movie. And they were like, "Daddy, what's that?" <laughs> but they laughed really hard at all of the shooting and the, oh, they that lo- opening scene where he's counting down the bullets. And when he gets shot in the butt, they thought that was oh hysterical. my god! That was this movie for me in a nutshell. Was the seven-year-old. <laughs> behind me laughing hysterically at Ryan Reynolds getting shot in the butt. That was this movie. That is my review of this movie. Yeah, I mean, and, the, you know, uh, I'll get into that in a second, but the, uh, well, no, I can talk about it now. Like, that that opening sequence with the bullets, where the bullets were counting down. Like they were numbered. 12. Yeah, I thought that was just a little too silly for me. It was like, like that was too much for so, me. So, it was funny because that style, that, like, that uh, wanted style, want that right, exactly. That yeah. weird, like where they're gonna kick ass, right? Yeah. Where they're gonna zoom in on things and do the slow motion, the Zack Snydery thing. Like, yeah, they did it in the in the beginning in the opening sequence, and then they never, never did, did it again. again. Yeah, they didn't do that. Everything else was just was just punching. Yeah, I have a feeling that the movie. I know. I I have a feeling that they planned out three real sequences of that movie. And the, it was the opening sequence that that crazy opening sequence, mm-hmm. the fight scene in the in the warehouse, which I felt was kind of like a last minute thing that they kind of wanted. They wanted a, like a, a a third act kind of yeah something, and then they wanted the big action sequence at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it was the first the the first the the. the the, the opening was definitely the one that they spent the most amount of time on. Yes, and it it, it shows. It's it's a great piece of cin- cinema. Mm-hmm. I I shouldn't say cinema, but it's a great. They spent a lot of money on movie experience. They spent a lot of money on that. They spent a lot of money on the helicarrier falling down. Yeah, and then they ran out of money. Yeah, and they had everything else left to shoot. And they had little baby hand. <laughs> they had Colossus. <laughs> they had to spend left a lot to animate. Yeah, Colossus didn't look great. I, yeah, he looked. Passable. He looked very rubbery. That was at my problem one point, with him. Yeah. I thought that he was going to start selling me insurance at like you know. He's okay. He had the Russian accent in the middle. He did the middle of the afternoon. The best Russian accent I've ever heard in a movie. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. It was not better than Rocky Four. Come on, that was yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. No. 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 That Russian accent was everything I want in a Russian accent for Colossus. <laughs> I, and I will defend Colossus as as bad as he looked. That was my ideal Colossus. Like how we make fun of Apocalypse looking like Ivan Ooze from Pi- uh, Power Rangers. Colossus looked exactly <laughs> the way I wanted him to look. All right. Like in my head, like when I was a kid reading reading X-Men and, and Colossus would, would say stuff like, Bozhmoy! Or, dos, uh, you know, dos vidanya, comrade. And he punched people. Yeah. 
that's the voice I heard in my head. And they, they hit it pitch perfect. It's the, the little things for it, you. It, it really was. I mean, and that was so well done. And it just makes me sad that they didn't do something better for Francis. Like, Francis, fine character. He, you know, his, his mutant power is he, he doesn't feel anything. He's, he's yeah. got dead nerve and he's got hyper reflexes, whatever. But it's like... You know, whatever he's for, he's forgettable. He's no one is going to remember Francis in that movie. They're going to remember his name Francis because of just like because it's funny. Because it's funny, but Colossus people will remember because he's so pitch perfect. He's there's like a level of when you're doing a comic book movie. There's a level of um, how close can you get it to the comic book? Comic books are very well, quite literally two dimensional. But the characters are supposed to be memorable. Just in their appearance, in their actions, because they're st- they really weren't supposed to have a story arc. They would be the same character from month after month after month. So how are you going to make people interested in it? You make them interested in kind of the personality traits of the character. Why couldn't they have picked any villain in the history of the Marvel Universe to make the villain of this movie and make him fun and as memorable as they did with Colossus in this movie? That was my big problem with mm-hmm. it, and I liked Angel Dust. I, I thought I, I thought that the fight scene that she had with Colossus, especially when they had the the uh, half baked moment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, you got a titty. That's a fully. That's a fully. God, <laughs> that movie. <laughs> All you needed was Dave Chappelle in this movie. Why was it Dave Chappelle the villain? <laughs> I don't know. That that could have been good. Exactly. He could play a Francis. He could, he could have played a Francis. Um, but yeah, and just to, to hit on it, when we're talking about it, Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie 84%. Yeah, that's 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 going to drop down. That's got to drop down. Based on 196, that's a lot of reviews. 196 reviews. Yeah. Usually the the first weekend or two when this movie... That's it's like, meta score, I think, is like 65. It's Metacritic score. I think uh, it's like a... Average, that's, the other, that's the other Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is Metacritic. And I think yeah. it. I think that's like 60, 65, 60, somewhere in that It's range. got an average rating of 7 out of 10. Yeah. Which, pretty accurate, I think. I guess. Yeah. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X go give it to you. What? You to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock, knock. Open up the door. It's real. With the non-stop pop problem. Stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make the mother... You get it? Do it again, cause yeah. I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. X gon' give it to you. Gon' give it to you. X gon' give it to you. All right, so we're back. Um, we're doing our recasting, fantasy recasting. Um, once again, I'm in charge of the fantasy recast pick, and uh, I figured there's no better person when it comes to breaking the fourth wall and uh, being self-referential and meta than Woody Allen. So I've been I've been holding on to this card for a while, and I'm glad I did. I like his movies, except for that nervous fellow that's always in them. <laughs> you seen a Woody Allen movie? I hate that they say that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Woodsy. <laughs> Woodsy Allen. I love it. Um, so, yeah, we, so we decided to go with uh, early Woody Allen movies. You know, his funny ones. Um, <laughs> his early funny ones. Yeah. Um, we decided to go uh, Woody Allen for our re- fantasy recast. So this is Deadpool as done by Woody Allen. Late 60s, early 70s. You know, uh, he did a couple. He had a couple really great early funny ones. Take the Money mm. and Run, Bananas. Sleeper. Sleeper. I love. Everything you want to know about sex but afraid to ask. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. one's me. 
I like the giant boob chasing everyone. <laughs> they usually travel in pairs. <laughs> See, it's got its moments. It does have its moments. It has a really awful opening scene with the jester. Or it may not be the opening scene, but it's got it's the... It's one of them, yeah. Yeah, that, the that Italian, one. Italian, yeah. like the weird... Yeah. Renaissance, yeah. That it's one's not bizarre. funny. But then you have like the, the sheep with Gene Wilder and the, the cross-dressing, uh, what's-his-face... Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can't yep. remember his name now. Yeah, on my head. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna start this off. Um, we already know that our Deadpool is going to be Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be written, directed, and starring Woody Allen. So right. I would just like the idea of Woody Allen walking around with a katana blade, <laughs> you know, like trying to do you know whatever. He's... Jeez. <laughs> oh God, what am I gonna do with this thing? <laughs> I don't trust myself with a double razor. How am I gonna trust myself with a katana blade? <laughs> Things bigger than me. <laughs> He pulls, no, it would be uh, some guy pulls out a katana blade that's like a regular one, and then Woody Allen goes and reaches it, and he pulls out a tiny one, he's like, I, I have size issues. <laughs> I can't do anything that's bigger than me, I get really uncomfortable but with. But it was sold out. <laughs> this was the only, this was the biggest one I could get. <laughs> exactly. Uh, who made that, Ginsu? Um, so, um, we have our Woody Allen, so I guess that goes to our next one, we'll do our Vanessa Carlisle. Um, who was your Vanessa. Well, yeah, as we were talking about, you really only have your two leading ladies to choose from. So yeah. I went with the early Woody Allen uh, love interest, Louise Lasser. Yes, and I'm glad you did because I went with Diane Keaton, the other one. I figured it was one or the other. Yeah, um, that I, transition happened pretty early, but I do. I like the Louise. I like her. Um, I, you, I like her in those movies. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 definitely a. Diane Keaton was is is a is a much much better actress in those movies. Well, Diane Keaton, to be fair, wasn't on cocaine the entire time. <laughs> um, also, I do like Louise just some of the time. Lasser and uh, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean she's great. She yeah. she she's a lot of funny moments. And and as of course Vanessa doesn't have a lot to do in this movie. This movie does not pass the Bechdel test at all. No, because no women talk to each other. No. In fact, all they do is punch each other. There, there's a couple of scenes. There's one scene where women, uh, two female characters, punch each other. Well, they don't really punch they don't each need, other. They just slight one interaction. One becomes a nuclear with the with, with the, the <laughs> missile with the nuclear in. Now you're exploding. becoming Woody Allen as you're describing this. She comes with the. It's a, it's a boom. There's this big explosion. <laughs> Are you sure her name's not Chernobyl? Um. Uh, okay, so that leads us to Francis, or, or Ajax, if you will. Who's, uh-huh. who's your Francis Ajax? With uh, oh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, Burt Reynolds. We're going to turn you into a, uh, a super slave. <laughs> super soldier. Yeah, we're going to torture you. And, uh, oh, man. You're going to be a super slave? You know if if he's playing Ajax, our Angel Dust has to be played by Dom DeLuise. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh my, I did punching. <laughs> no, I. It's a great pick. No, he was one of the. He was on the. He was on the docket. He was my. Uh-huh. He was my number two for this character. My number one was Tony Randall. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That right. that could be funny. That yes. could be funny. Yeah, as the 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 slightly uh, gentlemanly, effeminate uh-huh. Tony Randall. It would definitely your... be a different direction yes. for the character. Yeah. Uh, see, I actually thought uh, it would be really funny if the sidekick character, who is a bartender, yeah. who could stand there and uh, help 
move the plot along when needed and come and go. Uh, that's my T.J. Miller replacement is Tony Rano. Ah, <laughs> I put him in there. That's He was my number two for that as well. <laughs> uh, no, no, he was. But for that, you went with... Take a guess. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, I, of course. I think that's about... Unless you cast Gene Wilder as your Colossus, uh, <laughs> you know. which I could not see. No, uh, my Gene Wilder, of course, was... Uh, and T.J. Miller kind of channeling a little, like, at least physical Gene Wilder with his hair in that yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely got Gene Wilder on, on the brain there. Yeah. That could work. That could yeah. be funny. I mean, either one. I mean, these are pretty interchangeable. I mean, it's basically... Sure. This, this is a Woody Allen movie, so it's it's basically just Woody Allen making all of the jokes. Thank and, goodness he made that movie, by the way, because he didn't really work with a lot of names <laughs> prior to that, so no. we would have had to just pull in I, random... I probably would have went with, like, late 70s, early 80s Woody Allen if that was the case, mm-hmm. if he didn't have, like, you know, everything. <laughs> this movie, yeah, yeah, 73, I think. Yeah. But actually, um, my next pick, my pick for Colossus is actually uh, not from Everything You Want to Know About Sex, but afraid to ask. Who'd you put as your Colossus? I I did pick from that movie. Um, This was sort of a last-minute pull because I I, I was having a hard time uh, filling this one, and I knew you cast it. But I went with Anthony Quayle. Who was uh, well? He was in uh, Lawrence of Arabia. He, okay. he was a big, so he's in every, he's in that movie as well. He's a big, imposing sort of presence. I'm sure he could pull off a Russian accent. I, I went with a a a man who got to start with Woody Allen in in his first movie was in a movie called Bananas. Uh, he played a street thug on a on the on the train car. Oh God, I forgot I about went that. With slow, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, yes. Glasses. I completely forgot Come about on, that. Deadpool, we can go join the X Men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> really lazy. You get you get four or five moments to be a hero. You get four or five moments to be a hero. <laughs> you got the moment where you where you're running up the stairs. <laughs> you got the moment where you're eating raw eggs. <laughs> And then you got this moment right here. Uh, then you get punched in the face. And then you go get stand up. And you go take it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I just figured. I figured he would be the best as my Colossus. Um, and then finally, I know you didn't pick a blind owl. I you, did not. You left no. this to me, and I also picked another person from Bananas as my blind owl. Um, she's still a little young, but she would have been probably in her 50s when this movie would have come out. And that's Charlotte Ray. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte Ray. Yes. Girls, girls. <laughs> as my blind owl. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, wasn't she Woody Allen's mother in that movie? Uh, she was someone. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah she was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as Mrs. Barrett. Garrett, Garrett, Mrs. Garrett, Garrett. Mrs. Sorry, Garrett, not Barrett, Garrett <laughs> from the Facts of Life. Because you take the good, you take the bad, and you take them both, and then and you have then you have the, the facts of life, facts of life, the facts of life, the facts of life. All right, so our um, we got our we got our pick three. Kevin, go so ahead. Our top three, uh, you know, we talk is, is self-referential and meta as this movie is. Um, we wanted to go with our top three meta movie moments 
not necessarily movies that are as meta as Deadpool, no, because I don't think that there are many, there's if not. any, yeah. uh, but, you know, there are movies, generally comedies, but not always, spoiler, mm-hmm. uh, that... I don't want to say break the fourth wall because that's not ex- exactly what's entirely the, on yeah, my that list. Was, but that's the hard thing is like when you're breaking because narration really technically breaks the fourth wall. Meta, right? This is more of meta. Yeah. Let's just let's just say that and then allow you to sort of interpret that as you, you will. will. So yeah. go ahead. You go. Your number three. Okay, so my number three one is from uh, one of my favorite filmmakers who is constantly derided, but Kevin Smith. It's a Kevin. This is a Kevin Smith moment. Um, in the movie Mallrats, mm. uh, uh, Shannon Doherty uh, play uh, is in the movie, and Ethan Suplee, his character is, gets uh, gets knocked out, and she's standing next to him, and then he turns to her, and then he goes, "Brenda," and she <laughs> punches him and says, "Dick." And that movie, that part that has always stuck with me in my head is I thought yeah. it was so weird. It's so out of place in that movie, but I love it. It's such a yeah. weird scene. That reminds me of, and I, and I apologize if this is on your list, I doubt it, but um, in, is it Ocean's 13, the one where um, Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts has yeah. to play Julia Roberts? They were like, do you ever notice that she looks, and that's weird and uncomfortable that and was, jarring, yeah. and I, I don't. I don't like it, but I also kind of appreciate it because I, I haven't seen much of that. Yeah, I appreciate what I just they don't were, know that that was appropriate for that movie. It was it was a swing and a miss. They yeah. they swung hard on that one. Sure. And they, they, it was a whiff. I admire the yeah. effort. <laughs> Good show. Way to go, Soderbergh. All right. So what what was your number three? My number three it may be on your list. It's a it's a pretty popular classic scene. But when I'm thinking of moments when the movie is very aware that it's a movie you can't beat uh the moment where they put in the vhs for Spaceballs, <laughs> the movie yes and fast forward to the moment where they are now to try to find out that's not quite the level necessarily of what i wanted deadpool to do but that's kind Almost of what i wanted yeah. deadpool i wanted deadpool to interpret that somehow and and make it work in the context of that movie not in a mel brooks very silly style but that's the kind of where i wanted it to say wait a minute this is a movie yeah we can just do something you know we can just play with that yeah and, and have everybody be like what but but deadpool character is capable of doing that i'm not i'm not gonna to spoil too much but there is a mel brooks moment okay list. fair enough um my my number two Mm-hmm. Is oh by the way, Spaceballs itself is just—it's it, probably as close to self-referential as you can get without being Deadpool. Yeah, probably. There is so much, I and mean, it's because it's just a takeoff of. Uh, the, you can see Mel Brooks selling this movie. You know what kids love? Star Wars. There hasn't been a <laughs> Star Wars movie in twelve years. Let's put this out there and see if the kids love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know why he sounds like that as opposed to my actual Mel Brooks impression. Uh, my number two is, uh, you know, we already talked a lot about Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping this one isn't on your list. This one's the one that I was, I was, I was fearing maybe on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in, uh, in Annie Hall. It's right. the Marshall McLuhan moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that one's on your list. Uh, Annie Hall is on my list. Okay, but um, this is specifically the Marshall McLuhan okay. moment. Specifically the Marshall. Oh, okay. Don't you? Don't you wish life was really like this? 
Um, for those who don't know, if, if you haven't seen Annie Hall, for Christ's sakes, go out there and watch it, because it is one of the best movies of all time. Uh, best comedies, best romantic comedies, best movies of all time. Look, kids, I'm sorry that it beat Star Wars for Best Picture, but Annie it's, Hall's a better, better movie. It is Come a on. better movie, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, he's he's in line to see... Was it a, is it a Bergman Film Festival? Um, I th- well, I'm not it's sure a, what they're seeing. I know they talk about seeing Bergman, but yeah, they're in line for something, yeah, and, the, and the guy is talking about, about Fellini. Yes, and he's, he's talking about Marshall McLuhan's take mm-hmm. on... And, uh, he, and Woody Allen basically says... Oh, I would. I just wish that I could have you know Marshall McLuhan Cohen. You know, right. He says you, you. He says you. You, you don't, don't know anything know, about you know, what Marshall McLuhan was says, and he says, "Oh, really? I yeah. teach a class yeah. on whatever." And he goes, "Oh, yeah. Well, I have Marshall McLuhan right, <laughs> right here. here." And he just pulls. Yeah. Marshall McLuhan, who was this like uh, somewhat. I mean, he was pretty notable. He was, he was like sort Gore of this Vidal culture or, yeah. writer and yeah. and. Yeah. critic i guess he's like, of the times yeah like one like of those guys like gore vidal or william yeah. f buckley one of those yeah. guys that they'd pull onto the nightly news to be like now what do you think about you know yeah. the state of you know the youth youth in crisis <laughs> and he would explain youth in crisis to you know the abc or the cbs so audience. so tell me marshall McLuhan, is there a labor crisis in america well it depends <laughs> on what you mean by crisis crusty crusty and he says uh yeah so marshall McLuhan tells the guy yeah, he goes, uh you you know, know nothing of my work i I heard what you're saying. You know nothing of my work. You mean my whole fa- you mean my whole fallacy is wrong? How how you got to teach a course and anything is a totally is totally amazing. And then Woody Allen looks at the camera and says, "If life were only like, like this. this." Yes, that's my number um, two moment. It's, that's it's great. It's a very very classic moment of cinema, and it's like anybody who's old enough to know who Marshall McLuhan is is will generally reference that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my number, number two? two is. A much darker moment. Again, uh, not necessarily this is something that has to happen in comedies. Um, It's a movie that I'm generally not an enormous fan of because I'm not into... You know, we've talked about horror and we like horror. um, But I don't go into as much for the sort of just the the torture horror type of movies. It's just, it's upsetting. Um... But the movie Funny Games, where are you familiar with this? No. So, well, there's been actually two versions, but um, I believe it's in the original version. There's a scene. I don't want to spoil too much because it's absolutely bonkers. If you know, if you've seen the movie Funny Games and you know where I'm going with this, then you you know exactly. I mean, you, as soon as I say that, you have to know the scene. But mm-hmm. there's a scene where so the the movie Funny Games is these two guys, these two kids. It's a home invasion type of movie where you know uh they come in and they they take this couple hostage and they're basically just screwing with them and and torturing them for the whole movie and there's a moment where one of them leaves the gun that they're holding on them unattended um and one of them escapes i think the husband or the wife escapes um and she grabs the gun and she shoots one of the guys and there's a there's a moment where the movie basically breaks at that point, and um, I guess I guess there's no way to really talk about it without spoiling it. But um, the other guy picks up the remote control yeah. that's sitting on the table, and he rewinds the movie hmm. to that point and prevents that from happening. And they're right back in that situation, but they're aware that it happened. And it's nothing else in the movie is like that. That's it's weird. just a super weird, yeah. surreal moment of filmmaking that's absolutely brilliant. It's the only reason that movie is worth watching. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, it's a, it's, it's it's a, a good yeah. movie, but it's worth looking into. Crazy movie. 
All right. So um, my number one is from another Mel Brooks movie. It is from Robin Hood, Prince and uh, oh. uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Interesting. Um, Not what I expected. Oh no, no. Well, I thought you were going to go with the uh, the set falling down in, oh, uh, uh, Blazing, Saddles. in Blazing Saddles, yeah. something like that. Well, this has a Blazing Saddles reference. It's when Dave Chappelle, who we talked about earlier, <laughs> um, says that uh, he plays the character uh, a chew. Gesundheit. Thank you. Where he goes, you know, I'm going to be the new sheriff and the new sheriff of Nottingham, and the guy goes. A black sheriff. It worked in Blazing Saddles. Right, that's true. That's great true. I forgot about that. That's great funny. reference um, to a much better movie, but <laughs> it has its moments. It's I a, like Men in Tights. It's, it's, I do. And in actuality, Men in Tights is this is his last movie, isn't it? It's most recent. No, he did um, um, Dracula Dead and Loving It after that, which is oh. yeah. And he also did producers I about too. That. Well, that was... Oh, did he do the remake? Yeah, he did the remake. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he did the remake. Does well, I don't know sense? if he actually directed the remake, but I, well, you know, of course he wrote it and everything, right. you know. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's one of his last great movies, and it has a couple really good gags in it. Sure. But that, that, scene, like in, that scene in particular is it, it, the that self-awareness. Spaceballs were yeah. my introduction to Mel Brooks. Brooks. I was too young at first for, I think, young you know, the producers. Yeah. Oh, Young Frankenstein, I think I, I got and, and liked as well, and I got the references the references to that but um yeah blazing saddles mm-hmm. and some of the other sort of when you get into some of the more obscure ones as well silent movie and that sort of thing yeah I, uh, those took a longer time to kind of get to to be or not to be yeah <laughs> and the the drama 12 chairs 12 chairs yeah yeah anyway uh, so what's your number one well my number one you already kind of gave it away my number bit. one yeah. i just i wrote down annie hall and i guess <laughs> take your pick of moments i mean the movie opens with him speaking directly to the camera and setting it up but i mean yeah there's so many that opening joke is great that movie is just just to since you already kind of talked about that sort of great scene i guess i'll just say that that movie was the first movie when i i mean when i was a kid i mean i loved watching movies and i and you know my parents would watch a lot of movies and i would just kind of watch what they watched and when i was in high school and i started watching movies to kind of and i started being interested in finding and picking out my own movies that was the first movie i saw that really made me go oh i i like i love movies like i love film like i this is something else yeah and that's when i started to kind of want to seek out kind of other things i rented that movie from the local video store so many times that the girl was just like do you why don't you just buy this movie and i was like i don't I don't. I don't know. I could come here and rent it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I should just do that. Um, so really, I mean, you could cherry pick any moment from that movie. Yeah. The whole thing is very, very meta. Which is really funny because he does this incredibly meta, self-referential movie, and then he makes Manhattan, which is the same movie without the self-references. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah. It's the exact same movie except without all of the. Yeah. You know, it's just a straight up romantic, not romantic comedy, but it's just. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's a right. It's it's about the city but then it's also about sort of the people in the city this i love that you picked this top three because it was one of the very it was it was incredibly hard for me to like narrow down like three great meta references in movies Mm -hmm. because there's so many little ones that are great i mean like one of the ones i really enjoy is like 
uh, the Muppet movie when they're going up in the air balloon and they're oh, talking God, about all yeah. the, like, the people's If I had names. spent a little more, more time on this, I might have swapped out maybe the Muppets. But that's also a little harder, too, because the Muppets, you know, that's the only mode they operate in. Yeah. Is, is self-referential. I mean, the fork in the road gag is one of the greatest things <laughs> of all time. Well, that's not even self-referential. That's just a goofy sight gag. gag. But, like... <laughs> But the but but that whole thing of where they're like oh but the audience you know yeah. where they have to kind of acknowledge the fact that they're in a yeah. movie and they're always putting on a show the, and they're always aware of that they're always Gre- on Gremlins two when the movie stalls so underrated uh, Joe Dante I, how are you gonna mm-hmm. how are you gonna argue with with Gremlins two the I mean, new batch there was there was a lot of those great ones I mean Gremlins two is a little bit I, I, Gremlins two almost made my number three just because of the uh, President's Day monologue that phoebe cates gives because phoebe cates in the first one gives the whole right. santa claus <laughs> right. monologue about how the dad gets stuck in the chimney uh-huh. and then in the second one she gives the exact same monologue except it's about a guy who flashes her on the playground dresses abraham lincoln <laughs> <laughs> it's just like and it's so absurd it is and you don't get it as a kid as a kid you're thinking it's funny because it's like dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh. oh look at that gremlin dress and drag this is hysterical and that one's a <laughs> You know, he's dressed like Rambo and shooting the little bow and arrow made out, uh-huh. of, out of paper clips. But in reality, that movie is just bonkers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're men. We're men in tights. We roam around the forest looking for fights. We're men. We're men in tights. We run from the rich and give to the poor. That's right. We may look like sissies. All right, so um, Deadpool, um, a meta self-referential superhero, superhero film. Unfortunately for me, not meta and self-referential enough. enough. I, I just or or not in the right ways to really yeah. make it count. Yeah. So what are you? What grade are you going to give it? I think that the movie is saved by the fact that it is funny. The jokes mostly land. There were some moments that were sort of uncomfortable where there were big jokes being dropped and I was just sitting there not laughing. And it was I was I squirmed a little. One a of the ones, moments. one of the ones that especially with that was they make a like a Jared from Subway reference. Yeah, that kind of just fell flat. It, it yeah. hit. Yeah, it hit in the first. I like because I've seen this movie twice. The first viewing <laughs> of it, pretty much every joke hit. But it's definitely yeah. in this one, the theater wasn't packed, but it wasn't empty, and uh, definitely there was less laughs in this one. It was, which is interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it is funny. I laughed. I la- I laughed. I mean, I laughed. It was funny. I laughed. I cried. Reynolds is uh, is good. I mean, he's good in it. Uh, a lot of the other characters are kind of forgettable. I mean, even Marina Bakarin, who I, I generally like, I mean, she just didn't have anything to do. You no. know, it, that was really, really disappointing. Um, I think it's saved by that, by, by being so sort of charismatic. Um but I wish that it did more with that premise. Yeah. Um, 
I'm waffling between a C plus and a B minus. If I'm feeling very charitable, I may give it a B minus. I the last episode we did was Watchmen, and I gave that a C plus. And I feel like this movie was a a a, a scotch better than Watchmen. So I guess on a good day, and this is a good day, uh, I'll give it a B minus. Today was a good day. Yeah, today was a good day. Did the the Lakers win? The the Lakers beat the Supersonics. The Lakers beat the Supersonics. Um, yeah, I'm I'm actually right there with you. I was actually waffling between a B minus and a B. Um, the the thing is, is that I'm so in love with Ryan Reynolds' performance in this movie. I, I think that's it. I, I think it's the only thing that that puts it over the top. I think I saw a, a Reddit comment on the, the the whole Deadpool thing that made me, that kind of sums up what I feel is like, I kind of feel like I had a grandma moment where I was like, I'm just glad that Ryan Reynolds finally, <laughs> finally I'm, hit. I'm so proud of I'm him. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, that guy's tried four times to have like a really good comic book character um, Green Lantern was just so god awful. I can't wait for us to actually review it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. So, oh, you've never seen it? No, oh my god, I'm, is it I'm bad? eager. I'm eager. Um, I'd want to make you watch that separately than me, so that way I'm not telling you all of my jokes <laughs> while we're watching it. <laughs> we do that later. Um, yeah, I mean, as I was saying, the the strength of Ryan Reynolds' performance, the fact that I absolutely loved what they did with Colossus, um, the fact that they kept it small. They didn't bring in, like, 80 bajillion characters into the movie. No, they couldn't afford to. Well, they couldn't. That's, they make that joke. They might have wanted to, but yeah. they couldn't. Um, and the, the But there, there are a couple things that really drag the film down. One, I do agree it's pretty formulaic. That origin sequence, as I said, just drags that movie down so much. You can't give me 15 minutes of pure bliss. Just f- having fun, killing people being smarmy and goofy and dumb and then drag it down. You can't do that. You yeah. have to at least make it as fun as the the opening sequence. And that the they scene, tried. They tried. They tried. He made the jokes, you know. The first flashback through the whole thing. The first flashback everything hit. The second flashback nothing hit. The third yeah. flashback nothing hit. Man. Yeah. It was that third flashback was nothing more than the standard X-Men f- film. Like, it just was, like, stock footage to me. It was just, like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, but I absolutely loved the quirkiness. I loved the silliness of it. And on a good day, I think I would go a straight-up B. But I, I kind of feel that upon my second watch through, I'm going to go with a B-. minus. Okay. Um, if you cut out all the origin sequence and just left me a 45-minute movie, I would probably give it a B. But that origin sequence dragged it down. Yeah. Um, and also, it, the Francis is just such an unlike Dario Naharis from Game of Thrones. Just such a <laughs> such a yeah, the, unlikable. This movie not, deserved a better villain. Yeah, and when I say he needs someone to be able to keep up with him. Yeah, and when I say unlikable, it's not that he's unlikable. Like, ooh, I can't wait for him to get killed. It's it was no, just, he was just but he was boring. boring. He was a yeah. boring villain. There yeah. was no he had zero motivations. It was just I like being a bad guy. I, I'm bad. Boo. I like being a bad guy. Which I have is exes. The, right, which is yeah. the least interesting kind of villain. Yeah, he had no interest in doing anything other than that. He had no life outside of yeah being that character in relation to Deadpool, which is for which, us, which is kind of like why I would like Tony Randall to play him because give him something interesting to do, be, make him be an interesting character, yeah, make him be someone that I don't want to get killed by by Daredevil because I want him to be. <laughs> you said Daredevil again. Oh, yeah, sorry, Deadpool. I love it. 
I love, I love constantly calling him Daredevil. Because <laughs> they even call him, like, what's my codename be? Scaredevil? Scaredevil. <laughs> I, okay, that, that, that was a moment where I laughed really hard as well, where he says, where he looks and he goes, Deadpool. And then he looks at TJ Miller and goes, Captain, Captain Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> and then they're like, no, no, just Deadpool. And then that's in the rap where they call him Captain Deadpool. And then they go, no, just Deadpool. Like, <laughs> in the like in the song where he's doing yeah. his we, we, we didn't, costume, we, his montage. Yeah, before we go, let's let's talk about that just a little bit because I feel like we we neglected. I, I really love the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, I you know I cheesy. It's like che- It's very cheesy because it's like cheesy hardcore rap yep. that's like tailor made for like white people movies trying to be tough, and then super cheesy just Chicago. Well, and that's the thing is like there was there's this great wham the fact, wham yeah they put away with an exclamation point um, that's where they earned the exclamation point <laughs> right um, yeah you have I, I think that's part of like the quirkiness that I liked about it the fact that they would put salt and pepper they would put right they would put uh, juice Newton they would put Chicago they put wham in the soundtrack and now this is like like you could make a comparison like I just read that they're putting the soundtrack out on vinyl. You could make the comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy with their golden oldies and I'm not a big golden I oldie wouldn't. fan. But, but you could. Yeah, you like Golden Oldies, though. You mm. you you like Depends. them. Depends. Yeah. Yes, sure. I, I'm not a huge fan of like a lot of that like blue suede and stuff like that. I'm, I mm-hmm. always just look at that commercial for the Golden Oldies. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But this one had like <laughs> more music that I... Th- All your favorites yeah. on two CDs <laughs> or three cassettes. Um, yeah. We had love, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. <laughs> um... It, theme from a summer play <laughs> is a theme. Uh, I mean, my one name was Brian McGee. <laughs> um, but no, you have the um, but you have this. You, you have a lot of like silly. You you not only have like these like kind of silly eighties ballads kind of going on in the uh-huh. background, which are great, and I think it's great juxtaposition with like silly R and B. Well, not only like DMX, uh, Salt and Pepper, but you also have that weird like Deadpool rap in the center. And yeah. Kevin and I, if there's a rap about the movie, oh god, with the movie, oh god, that sells it for that us. That does sell it. Wolf Cop, that's true. Greatest Wol- rap, <laughs> the Wolf Cop rap, yep. is worth waiting for. Yeah, we. I seriously believe that if every movie ended with a rap that was about the movie you just watched, it would be the best movie of all time. That, that's how every yeah. movie should end. Um. And, that, and I appreciated that. And also... Or All-Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> Somebody once <laughs> told me the world was gonna roll me. I wonder if Kanye samples that on his new album. <laughs> the Life of Pablo. He should. <laughs> well, no one's listened to it yet, because no one's buying title. Because <laughs> no one can get access to title <laughs> and download the damn album. Oh, we just really uh, dated this podcast right here. Oops. Oops. But then you also have, on top of that, the score to this movie, which I actually really liked. Um, they sampled "Beat It" um, quite a bit with the soundtrack, and I thought that really made it um, quite memorable soundtrack. Now, a lot of these movie soundtracks, I, I don't like. There, there has been very few movie scores that we've seen with comic movies where I've really been like, "This is an amazing score. We have to listen to this." The Daredevil one is great because they sample that that you know that bell tone, and then it. Sorry, you said dare, you said daredevil oh, one sorry. more time. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, it makes me happy now. <laughs> the Deadpool where they had, they, they sample the the beat it where that that belt on that boing, yeah. And then it, 
Yeah. The, 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 Van, the Eddie Van Halen guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I didn't notice that at all. You you noticed that. Well, because this was also your second viewing, but yeah. you noticed that more than I do anyway. Well, I noticed it on my first viewing. I, I rarely notice the score. Yeah. It's, if, if I notice a score, it's either really good or really bad. Well, and I didn't of, notice it most, in this case. Like, I, can, I can say, like, almost all the Marvel movie scores have just been dumped. They're, they've been unmen- un- unmemorable in every way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, this has been one where I was actually noticed it, and I was like, "Oh, I really like this score yeah. a lot." Uh, and I like the soundtrack quite a bit too. So, but yeah, I just, just in closing, I, I I'd probably give it a B minus. I'll probably stick with you. You're having a good day. I'm having a not so good day. So, all right, well, it is what it is. Just I usually just yeah, I know you all with segue all that together. I run out of quotes. You do, and soundtracks. I'll just put theme from a summer place. On here. <laughs> you should. I'll actually just play that at the end of the podcast, I think, is what I'll do. The theme to a summer place? Yeah. So go to planetarbitrary.com for all your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow wow. me at, at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at... At K White Says. You can like our Facebook page, uh, backslash planet arbitrary. Um, you could also like, uh, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to our new feed. Hey, we have a new home. Comic Please make book sure you're logic. listening to... Yes, Comic Book Logic, the podcast standalone. Yeah. We've left home. We've left home. We've struck out on our own. Where you could find all of the old podcasts on iTunes. And you could also listen to all the old podcasts on YouTube where they're all there, except for Watchmen, because that got taken down by a DMC because Kevin sampled a lot of Bob Dylan on that one. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the best thing you could do to help the podcast is like, I'm subscribed on iTunes. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never been a part of a DMCA complaint. I have been a part of many because oh, I, I tend that's to. That's so exciting for me. Not really. It's all done by bots. It's not like uh, some guy listened to it and was like, no! He clicked the button. I yeah. choose to believe that's what happened. <laughs> no. At no. the very least, that the bot did that. Yeah, the Bob- bot was like, too much Bob Dylan. Does not compute. I was listening to the podcast. It was about the Watchmen. DMCA yeah. takedown. I was listening to the everybody. They played my song. <laughs> Get <laughs> a DMC takedown on that one. DMCA takedown, I believe, was on uh, Blood on the Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> it was the eleven minute centerpiece. <laughs> right after it blended seamlessly into Desolation Row. It was called DMCA takedown, and he only says at the beginning of the song, he goes, "It was a DMC takedown," and then that's all he says throughout the entire thing. It has relate to the DMC takedown. And then Mo- he plays the harmonica for twelve minutes. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, it was all just about the the election of Carter in seventy six. That's all God, the song was about. God help everyone who's who fast forwards and just deletes the podcast, just stops listening once you start saying like, comment, subscribe because they miss all the gold stuff and they're going to miss theme from a summer place all right so uh kevin until next time oh it, this is just too meta too meta for me i can't i, I can't there, there's too many podcasts references <laughs> <laughs>